about the podcast although you have a sticker now on your phone i also. do have a sticker yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so we are with butch escobar today behind the showroom behind the showroom this is the the comics and their craziness their antics their this um, isn't insecurities <laughs> behind the showroom this is where we uh talk about as i told you it comes up every time about how intimidating i am and <laughs> yeah 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 i know it i know it I how can't scared get away from you were of me. <laughs> when you first i don't even remember how to, how did you get into okay the so this is what i was telling the new guy last night okay ian because ian yes so we had ian kung um guest set last night um and uh while well, it was this morning, he we were talking, and he goes, uh, how, "How do you think she'll, you know, book me again, or how do I, you know?" And I go, "It's really easy, bro. Like, cause I, for me, I'm very honest person, so it's hard for me to snake over and be all, hey, uh, hopefully I can get on again sometime, <laughs> and you know, hopefully you like me, right? <laughs> you know, it's like I can't do that. Yeah. So like, I went over, and I was really intimidated, you know." And especially, I think, because at the time I'm, I was really new in comedy, you know, I'd been around for like maybe four or five years, uh, maybe longer, but I was just starting to ask people. Yeah. But I knew that honesty is the best policy. Mm-hmm. So I go over and I said, hey, do you mind if I bug you over and over again in emails? Right. Because that's literally what I'm going to do, <laughs> you know? And, and like, you actually were, someone else came up and started talking and you totally went over to that conversation yeah and i was like well fuck you know (laughs) like i didn't even get an answer out of it and you talked for a minute and this is what i love about you and i'll never forget this and this is why i love you so much okay because you stopped the conversation for a minute hold on yes you could email me all you want and then you went back to what you're doing i was like yes i'm in i'm in yeah and uh i think it was the next time i did like really well again and me, me and carlos were on that show and um and it was actually the first time like i hung out with carlos Mm -hmm. and he was sober but he took me and my friends and roger lazola out Mm -hmm. that night and we got fucking wasted (laughs) yeah and the next morning i was laying on the in the front room and you called and he goes he's actually right next to me he goes hey man do you want to headline uh new year's weekend which was the first time i've ever headlined a club or anything (laughs) and i was all oh like I remember thinking, like, are you sure she's asking about me? And he was like, Yeah, we're gonna do it together. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. You know. And to be honest, I didn't even have forty five minutes. And I think we were doing fifty minutes each. Like we were switching off fifty minutes. And I was fucking freaking out, dude. Like, how am I gonna do that time? And then, um, and then I remember one of the nights actually, I because me and Carlos were switching off. Mm-hmm. And your mom was running the show that night, and she poked her head in. She goes, the waitresses haven't put out the checks yet. I need whoever's closing to go a little longer. Like, (laughs) right before I go up. And I mean, I had, like, what I was doing was I was playing around. This is where I first learned how to play with the crowd. Yeah. 
I would play with them for like five or ten minutes, and then I'd cover the rest of the set. And I think it was like 50 minutes or something like that, and your mom wanted an hour. Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck am I going to do an hour? <laughs> like, even Carlos didn't know that I didn't have that. Right. And I went up, and I did really well. Like, I did good. I was like, holy shit. Your mom was like, that was great. Thanks so much. And I was like, I remember getting through that weekend, and it was the best weekend of my life because it let me know, like, I was ready for what everybody was telling me to be ready for. Right. That's good. But, yeah. Um, I think I'm still intimidated by you. <laughs> <laughs> like, people go, hey, can you do this and do that? I'm like, listen, I don't like asking her for nothing, all right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I know like last night you were like so how's how's tomorrow's show yeah. <laughs> well cause I was gonna just straight up ask but then on the binder it was like I love how you know us that's the thing is you know how we are well I've been doing this for 10 yeah, years now <laughs> but I know bookers who are like wait a minute I don't understand what's going on here and I'm yeah. like do you fucking not know comedians you know like there's a guy who books up in this uh nevada area i'm not gonna say who he is but uh you know ian who i who's um a good friend of mine is my best friend he's only been in comedy for like four years <laughs> but he blew up huge on youtube yeah it was ian kung and he blew up huge on youtube and like that booker was like oh cool we'll bring him over well the thing with him right now is like he's only four years in the comedy right so he and but he's super popular on YouTube. Right. So he doesn't want YouTubers to show up and watch him bomb. Right. And so he's like, let me build my brand a little bit. Let me build my comedy. Mm-hmm. And that guy couldn't understand. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, look, bro, like, because he was like, I don't get it. Why doesn't he want to like say he's here? And I'm like, because he's he's ju- he, do create the fucking <laughs> relationship with this guy. Right. Because he's super fucking popular already. He's going to be f- like anybody who's on YouTube right now is going to be famous. Like it took me an hour to convince him to give him 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, not even that it was like five minutes, <laughs> but it's just that he didn't know us. Yeah. And he couldn't understand the complexities of, of someone who's trying to, and where I see like with you, it's like, you understand what we, who we are, what we do. But then at the same time, you understand our like, our our weirdness and the shit that we do. <laughs> so you set up boundaries right away. Right. So like with you, it's like, I don't necessarily have to tiptoe. Right. But like, there's times where I'll go, oh shit, I forgot about this or I didn't. Okay. All right. Now I gotta. And like, I already told my sister, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to the, you know. Yeah. And then I was like, shit, uh, these shows are selling out in the morning or in the, in the early show. So, uh, but it's cool because I'm glad that for me it's like i don't necessarily like you know giving out comps to people <laughs> yeah but i know that's the world that we live in and people right. are always like oh do you have this do you have that right but it's easier for me to be like hey look i can't do anything about it right the club putting owner, it on somebody else the, club owner like, wants yeah. you to, the evil club owner wants you to pay she's the worst yeah she's the worst you know and it's yeah. like and I actually took it off my shoulders this morning because my sister's coming to the early show. Yeah. And I and um and she's she went and got she went and got tickets online. Good. And that's the thing I noticed is that most people are like, no, 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 I'm willing to buy tickets. Right. You know, and it's like, are you sure? You know, because I think for so long <laughs> in the early part of my career, right, just begging people to come mm-hmm. for free was like pulling teeth. Yeah. And then now I'm in a position where like people actually want to come see me, and it's. It's weird. Right. It's weird to be like, 
Well, like, it's an added pressure for you too, because now your sister's not only coming and she's going to see you, but now she's paid for tickets. That's the thing is, I didn't realize how much worse that is. <laughs> like, I have yeah. twelve friends coming tonight. Yeah, and they paid, mm-hmm. and they got they rented a house here in Sacramento. They're all oh, in Los that's Banos. Cool. Okay, right? You're yeah. like, oh my god, and these are like my childhood. These are guys like who are like older brothers to me yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. Um. So I haven't seen them in like twenty years. Yeah. Um. And one of them was like my super good older brother, and he got arrested and was in prison for like four or five years. Oh, wow. And I haven't seen him since he got picked up. Yeah. And that was like 20, 25 years ago. So uh, you would think, whoa, dude, you're, you should, you're, fuck, these people are coming through. You're going to have a good time. And I'm like, no, I'm super freaked out. Like that first <laughs> show is going to be a pressure monster because it's right. like, not only is it sold out, but now your friends are there. Well, and you, and you have to worry about too, not that your friends don't act right, but if something happens to a party that you know, you know, do, well, does the blame the fall on you? I was debating on whether or not I'm like, hey, guys, no heckling, you know? <laughs> right. Like, I was like, oh, I was nervous, you know? And so, like, um, all the things that come into play, you mm-hmm. know? And, yeah. And that's the other thing is, like, one, when you're new, you don't know what the fuck actually, you don't know the elements that are out there that you don't know about. Right. You and don't know what two, you don't know, so you can't be freaked out You're giving out, by out free passes, so what does it matter if they don't have a good time? Right. But when they start paying, one, that's, oh my God, okay, there's pressure. Two, they're like talking, they're already asking me, they're like, is there bottle service there? And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, you guys can't get fucked up, dude. And they're like, oh no, we're already, they're at the house right now drinking. And they're like, we're already pre-gaming. And I'm like, nah, dude, like, it's not going to be like that that's what I had to be. and then it's like oh if i tell them no heckling they're gonna be like oh butch is a bore we're not gonna right, go to right, the show right. now yeah. yeah you know like that's or they'll come in and do the opposite it's like don't look down right, right, right. Yeah. first thing you're gonna do is oh yeah. my god it's so much pressure it's like like i don't want anybody to show up <laughs> and it's a weird thing that, it is because it's like because here's the thing too is like um you know, and, and again, it's like, it's what we, pre- I think we, all of us appreciate you um, because of how much you know us, how much you care about us. You've cooked us dinners, which is amazing. <laughs> but um, also that you recognize us for our talent and not mm-hmm. for what we could bring to the table necessarily. Or well, that, that is what you bring. Well, that is what, what yeah. we bring, but it's like, we don't, like, I'm obviously not, this is selling out tonight, but it's not because Butch Escobar is famous and he's got a great YouTube channel with a thousand five hundred followers. Right. It's you know it's the work that you put in, but you headline us mm-hmm. a whole weekend, mm-hmm. and it's like that's so rare. Right. And um, but then that's pressure because it's like <laughs> fuck, she really likes me and I want to keep her really liking me, you know. And like yeah. I did a um, Willie Barcena is a, a really good friend of mine. And he put together a project that I probably shouldn't talk about this, but fuck it. Um, he <laughs> he put together a project um, that he was going to pitch to Netflix or Showtime. Mm-hmm. So he calls me and asks me if I wanted to do it. I was super happy. I hung up the phone. I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is gonna be great." Um, I went about my day. I went about my life. Uh, it comes time now. I got to pack my bags and get going. I get down to L.A. I show up to L.A. and he goes, "Bro." I had hired the best maid in L.A. to clean the house. He's like, I didn't get you a hotel. I didn't think you wanted a hotel. I think you wanted something more personal, which he's right. I like, you know, like I like being in a home. I like being around other people. Hotel rooms are very lonely. Yeah. And so 
that already was there. And then the next day I wake up to him arguing with somebody over the phone talking about how much he spent on the project already. Yeah. And so I got up, got my clothes on, told him I was going to go down to Santee Alley and do some shopping. And I call, as soon as I get somewhere, I call my girlfriend and I'm like, dude, I'm super fucking stressed out. And I go, this is how much he's spending. This is a, he doesn't know that I suck. He doesn't know that I suck at this. Because he even was like, hey, bro, I'm going to put you in the middle dog. And that's the best part for sh- specials. Yeah. Because that's the one, that's the part where this people either fun. stay or leave yeah. when they're watching the, the show. Yeah. You know, from TV. So yeah. you have the most critical. <laughs> no pressure. Of, no pressure. Right. And he has no idea that I'm like to him. It's like, look at what I'm giving you. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, why are you giving me this? <laughs> I and like I know it's imposter syndrome. I know it's like severe imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But like even last night, I was so fucking nervous. <laughs> like all the way up until like showtime. Like. Cause it's like, and then you killed. Yeah, the eight o'clock show every, was amazing. And Becca, my girlfriend, tells me that every time. Yeah. she's like, "You know, you're gonna be fine. Why are you tripping?" It wasn't until um, I started doing shows where I wasn't managing the club, like right. a corporate event, or you know, I'd go out just because I'm hiring the comics, and so I go and I don't know, I'm the handler, the babysitter, the the check bringer, whatever I am. But I don't have any responsibilities. I'm not seating or, you know, taking tickets or doing the DJ or nothing. Right. And it was the first time that I was around you guys, like literally before a show backstage. Right. And I'm watching watching comics pace. And, you know, comics have been Stretch doing this for 10, shadow 15 box. years. <laughs> right. And it's just like they get real quiet and, yeah. you know, go into whatever routine, whether it's going over their set, it's pacing, it's... You know, there's there's a before show routine. Cool. I call it getting into character. Yeah, that I just I'm sitting there laughing about because I'm like, oh my god, you get nervous. Yeah. Because once you get on stage, you don't see any of it. It's None. so polished, and you just come out. I was watching you last night because now we have the tunnel. Yes. From the green yeah, room. That's right. I love that. I love and that. and you don't always remember because there's so there's a t- uh, we moved the stage into the middle of the room so right. it's now along the which brick I love wall. by the way it's great yeah and it, it's a great experience for comics comics have loved it audiences loved it thanks Carlos Rodriguez fuck I just <laughs> I just I say it every time I haven't it's seen it, but I heard there's a big mural in front of the club I didn't see it last night oh yeah you gotta and look Becca was like did you see the big ridiculous <laughs> wow, I'm gonna go shit on it <laughs> it's gonna be really hard to shit on it it's on the top <laughs> oh is it all right well I'm gonna fling poo on it like yeah, a monkey yeah it's uh, Ellis Rodriguez DJ Sandu Lance Woods and Carlos Rodriguez like the oh, there it's the size of the, the four pillars of Sacramento comedy right yeah, yeah. I, I was like it. it's the old and the new and they're next to Jay Leno and Dave Coulier and that's great. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Seinfeld and El- um, Elaine Boozler. So I it's- love that though mm-hmm. because it is homage to the guys that are working here and working hard and are laying the groundwork. Right. Like it really, the Sacramento scene is. I was just telling someone last night because this lady brought her kid and she goes, "He's he's aspiring to be a comic." Yeah. And I said. I'll tell you right now, you're in the best place for a new comedian. Mm-hmm. The sac- people don't know this, and when I tell them this, they're like, "Really?" Right? And they're like, "What's the what's what are some of the good scenes? You know, like on the West Coast?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, there's LA, of course, and there's San Francisco, there's Sacramento, and they're like, and there's Portland. And they're like, Sacramento, really? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, like Sacramento actually is a better scene than the San Francisco scene because there's there's room for new people." Mm-hmm. And there's room for people who want to be whatever kind of comic they want to be. 
Right. And then there's like levels, you know, like so you start out at the one. I can't remember the fucking one downtown. And then there's the one over there uh, by the state fair, you know, but you work your way up mm-hmm. to these clubs, you know, yeah. and like and then and then to top it off, you have this one huge, beautiful club in Midtown that takes care of local talent unbelievably like i think like and i'm not trying to kiss ass here i'm just trying to like really convey to whoever's listening and and i always say this to people like off microphones that it's like that's so key and critical to a a, a, a scene mm-hmm. like san francisco's scene is dying and it will be dead in the next few years there's not going to be much comedy because one we can't afford to live there right but it's a very elitist place to be it took me 9 years for them to even notice that i was around mm-hmm. and then and then you know and that was the whole like you got to sit in the crowd and wait for the booker to put you up it took them 9 years to put me up there yeah and and that scene is not san francisco it's a very nice kind scene where like even if you suck, people are gonna tell you you're good, which is not a good thing for you. Oh, good, good. What is it? Good, uh, good set is the death of comedy. Good set is the good death. Set. Of, yeah, because <laughs> and that's the thing is like you fucking backstabbers. Yeah, I don't know how many times I came off stage thinking I had a good set, <coughs> and it's like, for me, Sacramento. It's funny because I tell Sacramento crowds, <coughs> this is my favorite place to perform. And they always look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Well, because they think that you say that everywhere. Right. And it's not yeah. everywhere. Right. I don't say that everywhere. Like, I, I do all kinds of places and I do great cities. <laughs> but it's not. It's not everywhere. It's it's here. Yeah. It's <laughs> Now that Butch is done dying. Yeah, sorry. I had a coughing fit. But, yes. Um... That's the thing is Sacramento is a very nurturing scene for that. It's a it's a great scene, but it's also like good clubs. And then also like um I, I think this is like a weird hub that doesn't get talked about because it's on every it's on every comics like list of yeah. places that they go. Yeah. Like it's a major city. Um but yeah, I just think it was I I I was telling that kid it, it's a great scene. This is a great scene to start, so don't think about well, now I got to move to San Francisco when I right. turn a certain age, and or I got to go to LA because you don't. That's the other thing too is comics. It's like, don't go to LA. Don't right. go to fucking New York. When you're ready, go. But right. when you're starting, go somewhere where people are gonna like look out for you. Well, and I think it, where you can get stage time too. I mean, I don't live in LA. I'm not a comic, so but I understand stage time is harder to get. Harder to get in LA in the bigger cities. Well, where- it's harder to get, and then if you do get it, it's usually like shit shows yeah like if you're open micing you're not because there's it's so like the city's oversaturated with comedy with right. major comedy clubs mm-hmm. and major comics mm-hmm. every major comic either lives in la or new york so if i'm bill burr or i'm you know uh uh aziz Ansari or whoever i'm gonna be like dude i need to get some work in i'm just gonna go down to a club and bump some poor bastard who's trying to get work right you know and you don't get that in San Francisco. You don't get that in Sacramento. Right. So well, I think those are good. That's the thing. And But again, with San Francisco, it's... Um, and I love San Francisco. So whoever's listening, please don't feel like I'm sliding you. But I would say that most comics agree with me in, out of the San Francisco area that there's an elitist club there. Mm-hmm. 
And um, and I, I'm aware of this because for the longest time I wasn't in that club. I don't think I still am in that club. I think the elitist club recognizes that I am I'm a good comic. So they they allow me to come into their shows. They allow me to do what I want. But I'm very much it's, it's, it's very clear that I'm not one of them. Mm. We're here. It's like. I come, I'm not even from here and this place doesn't like the comics here don't treat me like I'm an outsider. They don't treat me like I'm different. Um, they're very nice to me. They're gracious. As soon as they find out I'm going to be out here, they offer me time on their stages, mm-hmm. you know, or if someone hasn't heard of me, they'll come out and shake my hand and say, hey, you know, I saw that you were headlining here. I haven't heard of you. I just wanted to see who you were, yeah. you know, and it's like. We don't do that in the city. Yeah. If we've heard of you or haven't heard of you, you know, if we haven't heard of you, we're not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. This is how they work. And if we have heard of you, we're going to be jealous of you, so we're not going to talk about you. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I do feel like this is, uh, when I say this is my favorite place to perform, It's it takes a minute for me to convince the crowd, like, nah, for real, like, I love this place. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. And I was, so last night when I saw you, I saw you in the tunnel. And it's funny because I can I can watch the comics from where I'm sitting in the sound booth. I can see you, which is nice because I know you're there at least. Right. But I can, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's you're either you know there's usually a, a you know looking at a phone or setting up a microphone or whatever. But there's a seriousness while you're in the tunnel. Like it's before before yeah. basketball players come out for a game or whatever. And right. I got to figure out a plaque or something to put on the wall so that you guys you can slap hit it. it as yeah, we go by. You can slap it on the way out. <laughs> But it was like as soon as you turned the corner and you hit the lights, it was Butch Escobar and all smiles right. and ready to go. Yeah. But I can actually I can watch your face change. That's you know? rad. I mm-hmm. actually never noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do know like like when I'm backstage, I'm like ner- I'm ner- like that's when the nerves are are mounting. That is the best time to fuck with him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's also and if you're not. If you're That's not, when he's the most if you're vulnerable. Not paying me, it's the best time to get your fucking hand chopped off. Because <laughs> you might come in and fuck with me. I'd be like, "Oh, Jenny," but like Ian or somebody you're else. So would be like, Ian or somebody else would fuck with me. I'd be like, "Get the fuck away from me!" I'm <laughs> like, Who the fuck do you think you're fucking with right now? Like, like I've literally told the whole room to shut shut the fuck up right now. Shut up! And everybody's like. We're in the green room, you know, like it's cool, you know, and yours is right by the stage. Yeah. But I've done that at the San Jose Improv where it's like on the opposite side of the building. Right, right. And I'm still like, shit, everybody shut the fuck up. We're trying to fucking concentrate here. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, dude, you turn evil when you're nervous. And it's, and it, it um, well, I remember reading an article or not an article. It was in a book. It was a bunch of different excerpts. And one was of this, co- I can't remember who the comic was. But he was performing the Tonight Show when um, what's his name Johnny was Johnny Carson. Carson. Johnny Carson was <laughs> I know, dude. I'm stop. Huh, huh, do you do comedy, Butch? Do you fucking know anybody's name? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but Johnny Carson, uh, the dressing room for Johnny Carson's right across from the guest dress room. Okay. And and he would see Johnny Carson come in and out, come in and out, and he'd look over and he'd see him going into his dr- dress room, coming back across the hallway, going back and pacing. 
And he finally goes over and he goes, hey, are you okay? And he goes, oh, I'm just really nervous. And he's like, do you do this before every show? And he's like, every show. Yeah. And so Johnny Carson, forever how long he did The Tonight Show, which was probably like 20-something years, mm-hmm. was nervous every night. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? And so, but, uh, and then I read uh, an article on Johnny, or with Johnny, where he was like, I turn everything... Like that energy and me moving back and forth is me building up right. the energy to um, building up the nervous energy to performing energy. Right. And so when I'm back there and, and it's starting to get down to like I start to hear the feature close out and right. then I hear the host go up and start talking. Now all that energy of walking around the room in my mind imaginatively is like being put into the performing box. Right. And so it's like, boom, you come out, you come out like a fucking cannon. Oh, and you do. Yes. And you, you are exhausting. (laughs) The amount of energy that you have on stage. And it's like this, it's really, it's like a 45 minute rant. Yes. That's hilarious. Right. But it's like. It's exhausting. I would be exhausted. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have that kind of energy. Well, last (laughs) night I was freaking out because, because I don't have that kind of energy. Um. I don't know why, uh, but the night before, we didn't get good sleep. I okay. think, you know what, me and my girlfriend just discovered TikTok. And, um, and, and like, I mean, I knew it was around, but I just always like this shitty kids app. Right, exactly. And now it's something that's becoming for adults, like everything else, like right. Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. And now, like, so last night, the night before, we were like scrolling. And then uh, my fucking clock, my uh, inner clock wakes up at seven in the morning no matter what time I go to bed. Uh-huh. So I was up after like four hours of sleep. We drove out here. I tried to take a nap. I couldn't take a nap. I tried smoking weed. I did everything short of drinking yeah. because I knew if I started <laughs> drinking, it'd be over. So uh, I was really tired. Uh-huh. But I do know that in the past, you know, like I hate that feeling, but adrenaline does take over. Yeah. And but I was like, fuck, I got to do two shows tonight. Right. And so like, uh, I stayed away from smoking weed because usually I'll like have a joint before I go up. Yeah. But I was like, like uh, the the uh, opener was uh, Brian Hicks was like, you want to smoke some weed? I'm like, fuck no, bro, I'll collapse. <laughs> like I'll literally collapse. Like I I think I barely made it through the second show. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. Is like. But uh, that's the thing that that's the thing that the audience doesn't know or doesn't see. No. Like uh, you you know you looked the same both shows you had the same right the second show was a little bit less energy but you were getting a shit ton less energy from that crowd. well and that's that the thing the is my energy that ever. wasn't because i was tired it was no the, it was it yeah was the it was the crowd you can't like i learned this from edwin san juan because i used to go up there uh, like a shotgun every time yeah and i'd just start yelling and he'd be like bro you're yelling at the crowd sometimes <laughs> i don't know if you look at them but they're like why the fuck are you yelling at me? right and so i've learned to measure my energy with the crowd's energy yeah like, the crowd's like lull or like like last night they were not having it and yeah. to me it's it's amazing to me like how much a crowd doesn't want it. And I get it because they walked in and I think they expected more people to be there with them. Right. And and so they were like, oh, well, shit, we're here. So I guess we'll just sit here and watch. Right. And they had a, and they had a good time. And you even you even said something at one point about it. Well, I called like, it out on Like, you don't want to be the one of 12 to laugh. Right. There's, yeah, there's this the group mentality that... If I laugh, then I'm laughing by myself. Right. I'm now. And I feel like that's the thing is like, if you call the truth out. Yeah. Like, honesty to me is always my best policy mm-hmm. when I'm in a corner. Mm-hmm. And right away when I got up there, I was in a corner. Because they weren't laughing at any of the other comics who were all doing great. Yeah. all Like, every comic last night 
had a great set the first one. Every one of them killed. Yeah. And they did the exact same thing on the second round. And to me, it was like, well, I don't necessarily like to blame the crowd, but there's times where I go, the crowd just doesn't want to put that energy out there. Right. Yeah. And what you said was true because they were there's not so many of them and they're all afraid to be the only one laughing. Right. So they all just stay quiet. So when I'm in a corner, I just am honest. Either when it's either the corner that I put myself in or it's the corner that they put me in. Yeah. And last night it was the corner that they put me in. There's yeah. times where I'll be like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I fucked that joke up and I've been thinking about it for the last five minutes. I'm not able to concentrate <laughs> on it. And they laugh. They actually go. They get right. like, because that's the thing. One time um, we went to a dispensary. My dad gave me like, uh, like, Two, my dad like gave me 200 bucks like have fun with this this is just some extra money I had yeah and so we went to the dispensary and bought like a ton of weed and some edibles yeah and I had a show that I was headlining in Oakland that night and I was supposed to do 45 minutes well we're sitting there watching the show and it's at a, a, a restaurant so they feed us and I'm eating this good food and I look over and it's about probably about 20-30 minutes before I went up but I really thought it was like two or four like 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 five minutes before I went up. Yeah. And there's these chocolates. And I'm like, nothing better than a good chocolate bar after a meal. <laughs> and I ate half the fucking bar, which you're only supposed to eat like a piece of it. Right. And it starts to hit me. I'm starting to fucking like, yeah. oh shit, dude, I'm getting too high. Right. And like now I'm way more high than even my own levels appreciate. Right. right. And I look over at Rebecca, my girlfriend, and... I could see her too going like, but she doesn't want to say anything. Yeah. Cause she's like, if I point it out, then we're both fucked. And yeah. I'm the same way. If right. I point it out. So I'm like, so you I'm put panicking. It into the universe. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. This is like a year, two years ago or something like this. Yeah. So it wasn't like I'm a new comic. Yeah. And, uh, and are new to headlining. I walk into the bathroom and I throw water on my face. I look in the mirror and I say this out loud. We're going to walk out of here right now. And we're not going to get up. We're just going to walk out. And if they call you, you're going to turn your phone off and you're never going to do comedy again. You're <laughs> never like you're never going to do comedy again. You're just going to have to take the shame and just just so you don't have to face anybody. We'll just won't do comedy. Yeah. Like I was like and I'm not I'm not even kidding you, right. Jenny. I was going to I was like going to grab Becca and be like, let's go now. Right. Because there's still a comic up. And as soon as I open the door to leave the bathroom, yeah. I hear, all right, you guys ready for your next comedian. And he sees me and he gives me like the nod of like, oh, good. You're there. Yeah. And he calls me to the stage and I go up there and I can see Becca looking at me. Because I I know I think I even looked down at her and was like, dude, I'm fucked up. I'm too fucked up to perform. Yeah. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I got to go up. So I went up and I'm up there and um, I'm I'm panicking and I just honesty is the best policy. Mm -hmm. So I go, hey, you guys. Uh, I'm just going to let you guys know really quick off the bat, I ate way too many edibles. And they all start laughing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 for real, I'm really fucked up and I'm freaking out right now. And I just feel like it's better if I tell you guys right now. So if we have a bad time tonight, you know that it was just because I took too much edibles. They're fucking already dying. Yeah. And then I proceeded to have one of the best sets of my entire life <laughs> after that. And yeah. so like, I learned, you know, like that's the thing is like. Uh, you know, when all else fails, be honest, and yeah. people will dig your honesty. So yeah. last night I was like, "Look, you guys are just—you guys are having a hard time because it's, there's not many of you." And I got them out of their their heads. Yeah. You know, I managed—I had to keep pulling them out, and they'd go back in, and yeah. I'd keep pulling them out. But you know, uh, it was a good time. That was was also a good time. Yeah. 
It was. It was just a very different show. Very different show. But I knew. But I knew coming in when they were coming in because I can see their energy when I'm taking tickets. You For know, because sure. I've done this so long. I'm not messing. I don't just mess with the comics. I mess with the customers too. Right. <laughs> Talks back to them, and so I, uh, I'm taking tickets, and you know they're coming in, and they're just super chill and just not, you know not very melancholy right they're not very energetic so i was like all right this could be entertaining and then uh and then bryant went up and i was like oh this is gonna be the longest show yeah because he's a killer on earth yeah Yeah, because he's a killer and that's the thing is when i heard their like lull their lully laughter yeah it was like a, a mild giggle yeah, and I go, oh, we're fucked, you know. And <laughs> this is the first time I worked with Robert Amodo, so and he killed it on the first show, and then he went up and he got the same reaction, yeah. and then Ian, who has that amazing story, uh, the, he's the, the reason why he was doing that story last night. He's pra- he's going to be on Comedy Central, okay, with that story. So yeah. he's you know he's trying to brush up the story, and it's a great story. Uh-huh. And I mean, I've heard it a million times, and it still makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And last night they were like, not having it at all. <laughs> and I said, oh boy, we're going to have to put in some work tonight. Yeah. Well, and there's different audiences and it's not always that they're not having it. It's just they're not having it out loud. Right. They're the, they're the you know, nod and smile type, which right. does nothing, nothing for, for comics. Nothing. Well, it's like strumming your guitar as a guitarist and not hearing the sound come right. back. Yeah. You know, that... That sound, the laughter is my music. It's right. how, it's you know like the tempo. It's how I keep my tempo. It's my drum beat. Yeah, and uh, and so I refuse to let that happen. <laughs> I refuse to let that happen, and I think I've let it. You know, it's funny because I don't have comedy theory. You know, I teach a lot of comic stuff. Like I, Ian's one of my my uh, proteges, if you will, and um, I don't have a theory. I don't like like. I'll talk to comics and they have like, like they could actually put what they know in a textbook. Right. And you could put it to, I don't have that. I have this internal thing that goes, okay, that didn't work. Right. We'll try this one next time. Right. Okay, that didn't work. And also, and like, cause sometimes like, someone will go, bro, how did you fucking figure out how to do that? Like, and I'll go, I didn't. <laughs> like, my, I just have an instinct to survive. Right. Yeah. And if I'm not hearing laughter, I'm not surviving. So yeah. I have to like suck it out somehow. Yeah. And like, I had to do some desperate measures last night. Like, I was picking on that dad in the middle of the room who <laughs> no, was no. not trying to have a good time at all. No, no, he was not trying to help you in nah, any way. And I had to like crack him. He and was it took- literally just like, he kept giving you this look like, move the fuck on. Yeah. And I was like, it nah. Was the, it was the worst death stare well that's ever. what i tried to tell i was like look as long as they're laughing i'm gonna keep beating up on you like there's nothing i can do i'm sorry and i even tried to go somewhere else and it wasn't as fun as picking on him right so like you know like sorry dad uh back to you I, back to you <laughs> the, re- the rest of them don't want to have fun so uh but they have fun when we're talking about you yeah, yeah. So uh, especially because it was the father-in-law. It was so the everyone- father-in-law, and I didn't see his the, the the ladies behind them. Yeah, I just saw so the two of them. So you thought it was just so him I thought it was like a the- buddy date, and I'm yeah. like, man, you fucked up, bro. You, maybe you guys should have gone to the bar or something. Right. Else. <laughs> Get this guy a bottle of whiskey. He's yeah. not having a good time. And I didn't realize, but the ladies were dying back uh-huh. there. Yeah, you know, and uh, it was that was fun. It was fun to me sometimes. Um, no, it is more fun all the time because when you give me, and don't get me wrong, I love a big crowd. Yeah. I love a big crowd that's willing to laugh. Yeah. 
And at, at one time, that was the most enjoyment I got out of comedy. But once you've done enough of those, you're like, well, I need to find something more tangible or something more like that's going to make me feel like I need to step up my levels. And that's me stepping up my level is like if I can get a crowd of like 12 people mm-hmm. in a huge room mm-hmm. in a huge cavernous space where they're not willing to laugh and they're, 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 they're all nervous about each other. Mm-hmm. If I can crack them and get them to laugh. And I didn't do it last night. I mean, I got them to laugh, yeah. but I didn't do it to my satisfaction. Right. I've had rooms like that dying right? and like loving it. And it was like, we're all because, and, and I love those, those rooms too, because there's enough of us to have a good time, mm-hmm. but there's not enough of us for it to all to get lost. Right. Um, everybody on the first show, I would say three quarters of them are going to walk away and not remember my name, not remember who I was. And if I had killed last night the way I wanted to, every single one of those people would remember my In name. The, tw- the 12. Every single yeah. one of them would add me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, something I do is I share memories with people. Yeah. You know, So I'm not going to be like, well, I met these people three years ago. It'll always be like, remember that one night? We fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, to me, that's... It's weird because now that I'm an older man, I've come into an age of like, like I, I'm starting to, and maybe it's just because of my hippie girlfriend, but I'm starting to like have these like hippie moments, you yeah. know, these like, oh, it's pure energy, man. It's organic. It's organic, you know, yeah. and um, I don't want to sound like an asshole and it's so weird to say this, you know, but it was like, there was a time, you know, not that long ago, like a year ago, I was like going show after show after show headlining and it was like i wasn't even trying yeah i was just calling it in and it was doing great and i don't mean to sound like oh look how good i am i could just walk up snap my fingers like thanos and everything's great it's just that but it happens i understood that all the fundamentals that made a show really good right and i would just play those little tricks and and it was becoming boring for me it was becoming not fun right and um on the way up to the show in santa cruz we were doing this little tiny brewery with like 15 people and um, I'm, I'm driving up there with my girl and I go and, and she could see my my melancholy uh, energy. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, are you okay? I go, you know what? I'm just, I mean, I'm not saying I want to quit comedy or anything like that. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I've reached a point in my comedy career where um, it's just a job to me. Yeah. And this isn't that fun anymore, you know? Like, yeah. killing it's not, like... Before, killing it was better than sex, yeah. you know? And now it's just like, yeah, yeah I killed. Right. And I, I hate... God, I hate... I know there's comics like now, like, fuck you. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? And it's no, like, but there's also comics that go... I get that. I've been there. Well, and I didn't know that until I met... Until I... Not met, but I was hanging out with Mikey Winfield one night. And yeah. he goes, no, man, you just reached a certain level. And now you need something new. Yeah. And um and and I remember thinking that on the way up to this show, and we get there and it was like a room of like ten or fifteen people. It wasn't a big audience, um, and it actually started out with these two people that were wearing these funny vests. They looked like they murdered wolves on the way to the show. <laughs> and so I get up there and I start doing my thing, and then I stop for a minute. I'm like, hold on a minute, I'm all. I just want to ask, what the what the fuck are you guys wearing? Right. It looks like you mauled a pack of wolves on the way over. And the guy was like, actually, we're on a Tinder date, and we met here, not knowing either of us were going to wear the vest. Oh my god. And so I started capping on that, but in the corner were these like biases, uh, you know, like dudes from Mexico. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. were in the corner, and I thought it was kind of peculiar that, they, and they were dying. I go, what are you guys doing here? And he was fucking. 
You know, like, just got to get up in the morning and pick some vegetables. I was just making right, fun yeah. of them. And they go, no, we're the brewers here. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, my people are making beer. And then like, and then there was college students. And then I talked to the college <laughs> students about the Bises. And I talked to the Bises about the dude wearing the vest. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, nobody's getting out of line or heckling. Yeah. Every, I, like, I, what I was doing was I was talking, but I was shutting it down before it got into, turned into a heckle fest. Yeah. But I was exchanging energy between people. Yeah. It wasn't just me, butch upstage and look at me. Yeah. It was now we're all participating in this. I'm just the mediator. Uh-huh. And it was this whole different experience. And, like, it made me love comedy again. It made me, this is now what I want to do. Right. And so I don't know if you noticed, but like I'll go up and I'll do a little bit of my stuff, but then I'll just start talking. I'll just start dipping in and just start talking to the different audience members and like, and and like uh, you know we call it playing. Yeah. You know, like uh, I'm just playing. I'm just up there playing and having a good time. Mm-hmm. And um, it's now reinvigorated like what I do. So last night when I saw that it was like a thin audience, you could go ahead and sit there, man. Ian walked in. He's all weird. Um, but, uh, but, um, you when I sit there while we talk about you, when I saw the, the smaller audience, <laughs> I was definitely like, this is going to be is, great. Yeah. This is going to be an experience. Well, I think you learn more from a small audience. Like I'm less impressed to watch you do well in front of a sold out show. Right. So, you know, you do a guest set or something and it's a, you know, big sold out show i uh i'm less impressed where i'm like yeah you should have right <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah no totally. my 10 year old no i should get him but <clears throat> but you know that's 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 the cake that's easy right it's the smaller shows where you really prove your worth it's the it's the little bit of rowdier crowd where you get their attention and make them pay attention right you know it's it's you learn more you learn more about yourself and comedy and what you need to do and how you need to react to different situations. Well, and I think that's the thing, man, is like, you know, at a certain point you get to a level where you're like, dad, you do, you should fucking be killing it in front of a large audience. Yeah. Especially what do you, what a, do you large, want a cookie, a large paid audience at a club. They yeah. know what they're here to do. Right. And so it's not hard to, it's not, it's not hard to push a herd of cows into being a herd of cows. You right. know what I mean? Not yeah. saying that they're all cows. I'm just saying like, that's their instinct. Your instinct when you go to a club is I'm going to have a good time and laugh. Right. right. But it's like, oh, man, the, 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 the tables turn when it's like 20 or 10, 15 people in, in the audience in this huge room that fits. Right. How 200. Much, how much, 200? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck are we doing here? Right. right. And you need, it's your and where job is everybody? to make them feel like <laughs> yeah. they were the ones that didn't miss out. Right. The right. fact that, oh, this is special. This show is just for us. Right. It's very, you know, and that's what I, like last night, um, I appreciate it. And you were you you lied to me early, mm-hmm. um, but I gave them a few more minutes yeah. than that because I was like I think I want them to feel like I care about them. Well, you and you were having a good time. You were because right. you were getting them and you were you know getting the the reactions. Right, and that's the thing is like I but I do want like it's a weird thing, and I tell this to um, Ian and I tell this to newer comics all the time, like. Go fucking out there and shake their hand. Right. Tell them thank you. Take right. pictures with them. Right. Tell them you love them. Right. Tell them, you know, when you see them on the on on Facebook, ask how their kids are. Right. You know, um, if they send you a message, respond to the message. Yeah. And and 
one, I do it because I really actually care. Like, I hate, like, tonight, my friends I haven't seen in 25 years are coming. I could literally be like, I haven't seen you guys for 25 years. I don't give a fuck if I bomb and you don't see me for another 25. <laughs> but it's that I care. Yeah. I want people, I don't know if it's because I care that I want people to like me for my comedy or I want people to like me. Yeah. But I, at the end of the day, I, I care. It's like, I, I want you to come out. I want you to have a good time. Well, you guys not shaking hands or not interacting with customers would be like us not answering the phone. Right. You know, people are people are calling because they want to come. They're interacting with you because they want to see you again or because they're fans. And if you don't respond, then, you know, somebody else is going to. Right. And right. it's it's out of sight, out of mind. It's like, oh, well, he's a dick or whatever. Yeah, and that's exactly. And to me, I remember um, very early on, Edwin San Juan. Uh, you guys have had Edwin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he's a great comic. Uh, that was my first mentor in comedy. That was the first guy who was like, I'll fuck with you, bro. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time um, he goes, hey, I have, because uh, he would come down and I would do shows with him when he'd come down to, up, up to San Jose. Yeah. And I would, and, and so I would bug him <laughs> and I would get guest sets. And one time he goes, look, um, I have a show at the um, Brea Comedy uh, uh, Improv, Brea Improv. And um, I, w- I want you to come out and do, uh, you know, a guest set but it's on you bro i can't pay you i can't give you any money right you know but you could do guests at the whole weekend i'll give you i'll let you stay at the hotel with us actually it ended up working out really well because he lived down the street so he gave me his hotel room yeah and everybody was like you have the best guest set ever because <laughs> then, then they, they couldn't get a hotel at a regular hotel they got it at the jacuzzi hotel so i had a hotel with a jacuzzi in it um but i would and and at the time there was another comic um there that was uh opening he was the opener and he was edwin's opener edwin took him everywhere yeah and um and uh uh edwin so so at the end of the show i would go out with everybody else and shake hands and I would look at, at Chepo and go, hey, bro, you're going to come? And he goes, why? So I could get, so so people could tell me good show and I could feel good about it or something? Like, he was like, why? So I could just get people to, like, like me? Like, it was like, <laughs> hot, like go beg for fucking attention, Butch, but I'm not going to do that. Right. And so I, it was like the third time that I had asked him and he told me like, yeah, I'm not going to go out and beg for attention. And Edwin was walking out behind me in the green room and as soon as the door shut, he goes, good for you, bro. Good for you for coming out. He's all, uh, uh, when I worked for, for Gabriel Iglesias um, in the early years, he would tell everybody, if I'm going out there, you got to go out there. Yeah. And he said, Take, good for you for taking that initiative. And then I was like, oh man, I actually do like the attention that I get. <laughs> right. And I went home, went back to the hotel that night. We got up the next morning and we ate at the Denny's and we're sitting there. It was me, George Perez and um, Edwin and his girlfriend, who's like his manager. Um, and he goes, Hey, how, uh, how do you like being out here? I'm all, this is fun. I'm having a good time. And he goes, I'm sorry that I can't pay you. And I'm like, ah, it's not a big deal for me. I like being out. He goes, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. He's like, you have a really good attitude. He's on. I really appreciated you going out and shaking hands with everybody last night. He goes, I fired Chepo this morning and I'm going to have you finish the weekend. weekend, And then from now on, and I think for like two years, I opened for him. Yeah. And that's, and I always tell that story to New York comics Mm -hmm. that are not, that are a little reluctant to go out and shake hands. Mm -hmm. And to this day, uh, whatever you want to say about Gabriel, Iglesias, because I know some of us don't like him and some of us do, but to this day, 
that's the one thing I will always say about that man is he goes out, he gets pictures taken with every single audience member who wants to. Yeah. And 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 he shakes their hand. He knows he gets to know their name. Mm-hmm. He tries to remember their names. To him, his success came from how he treats the the audience. Mm-hmm. And I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Your audience is going to pay your bills. Your audience is going to going to be there when nobody else is going to be there for you. Right. You know, and that's so true. Whenever I've been down or I felt like the world of comedy has been against me, the audience has always been there to tell me they love me still. <laughs> so, yeah, I always want to make sure they have a good good time. That's good. That's good. And it's it's smart. It's funny that, that you say about that you that's how you got an opportunity was because of the lack of somebody else right um because i always i've i've said you know be careful what you're saying because you don't know who's listening you know be careful who who you're doing i mean i i don't know what anybody thinks and laughs i mean we can all call me intimidating if you want but i hear everything oh yeah and if i don't hear it personally i hear it i'll hear it from a comic you'll hear hear it it down the line i'll hear it from the staff yes I hear everything, whether right. I want to or not. Yes. So it's like you have to, you know, just be on your P's and Q's. Remember that it is a job. Right. You just have a really cool ass job. Right. You get to smoke weed. You get right. to wear whatever you want. You get to have tattoos. Right. But all that. don't take advantage of that no. and forget yeah. that it is still a job and this is a business. Right. And that if you're if you're half decent on the business side of it and you're funny then you're that much, you have that much more of a leg up. Right, right. Just have decent. Yeah. But if you don't have any, because that's the thing is like, I am I have a comic right now that um, I work with a lot mm-hmm. and I'm on the brink of like saying like, I can't work with you because no matter how many times I try to tell him like, your outside behavior still affects your inside behavior. Right. Your inside uh, job. Right. So just because we're out doing this, you know, like, like, you know, having these extracurricular activities and you're acting like a fucking piece of shit. Right. You know, like, and the comics don't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't get back. You right. know, it doesn't. And, it, and it's just overall like, dude, you're always being watched. You're a public figure now. I don't know if you know that. And right. even if you just have like 20 followers on Facebook, as long as you say you're a comedian, you're a public figure. Mm-hmm. And how you act is going to be how people treat you. And I call it shooting yourself in the dick. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm the king or was the king of shooting myself in the dick for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah, Butch is a great comic, but he goes up there on Facebook right. and says this. Or he talks bad about this club owner. Right. Or he acts like he's better than everybody and he does something to get himself kicked off. Right. And I learned those lessons in this particular person that I'm working with now. I keep going like, hey, why don't we stop talking about drugs all the time? Like, we don't have to... Uh, we don't have to... We don't have to, uh, what do you call it, uh, advertise our drug use all the time. Right. And like, he still does it. And we were just having this conversation last night where I was like, dude, I don't know if I can fuck with this person anymore yeah. just because they keep, they keep shooting themselves in the dick. And like, I mean, to the point of where they were at a, uh, we were at a um, comedy function. Mm-hmm. Not, no, we weren't on stage. There's no bookers or nothing. It was just all a bunch of comics hanging out. And he was acting like an asshole. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. Just because these people aren't booking you doesn't mean they're not going to talk about you. Right. Doesn't mean they're not going to invite you to things. Right. Like, it's a business. Right. It's so crazy how these motherfuckers don't understand. Like, <laughs> it's not a social circle. Right. This isn't, it feels like high school because we all lump together in different groups. Right. But guess what? If you're in the shitty group of kids, if you're in the, like, unpopular group, mm-hmm. 
in high school, that's fine. Be as unpopular as you want. But in this business, what the fuck are you working for? Right. What are you working for? How like how bad do you want it? That's something I ask people all the time. If they're like, well, I don't feel like doing this, or I don't want to go the extra mile on this thing, or like, oh, like like uh, with Wayne in Reno, you know, he makes you get up at like five in the morning to go do radio. <laughs> yeah. And comics complain, and I'm like, this is what you wanted. Right. This is part of like, it, would you think it was all going to be sunshine and rainbows when you started like, yes, shutting down hour long sets? <laughs> yes. But not, yeah, they did. They were like, wait a minute, you mean I got to go do work? Yeah. It's crazy to me. Um, uh, another comic posted on Facebook where they're like, hey, I sent out like a hundred um, emails to different clubs, and only like a couple of them got back to me, and they were like, what's your following on Insta? Yeah. Or what's your following on this? And the barrage of comedians going, clubs are just lazy. They don't want to help promote. They just want you to do all the work. And it's like, it don't matter, first of all, if that's the case. But it's not. Right. It's it's the, the clubs want to see how hard you work. And you know what? It's funny that because I book funny. <laughs> And that's, that's that's me, great. and it's odd, and and it I know, super odd. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm aware, but but even so, like if if you have a following, you know, if you got on YouTube or TikTok or whatever the kids are doing these days, right, and you blew up overnight, right, it gives you a position to negotiate, right. So you can say, hey Jenny, I'd love another date. And we have a great relationship, so I mean, I'm not going to screw you, but right. but I'm going to be bringing asses. We're going to have five sold out shows. I have this negotiating chip now, and be like, hey, how about let's do a door deal, or we'll do the guarantee, right. and then it it benefits you. Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand. I didn't understand about that conversation. Um, you know, my friend Ian is does uh does youtube and he's very popular right and um and everybody's cool with him now but at the beginning of the, the that happening people were like oh mr youtube and like right. and i was yeah. doing, and i do youtube too and people were kind of shitting on both of us and uh this was like three years ago two years ago where they were shitting on, i would walk up and be like oh mr. hey butch you're gonna do on someone youtube this time yeah. and now these motherfuckers are complaining and it's like i said Ian, a, a screenshot of everybody complaining. Yeah. And it's funny to me because it's like they still don't get you're helping yourself out. Right. Because if you have 200,000 subscribers on, 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 on YouTube and above, or even 100,000, or like, uh, like half a million on Instagram or mm -hmm. TikTok or whatever, that's your audience. Right. That doesn't belong to the club. Right, exactly. And it is your bargaining chip. Mm -hmm. And again, I go, how bad do you want it? Right. Did you want to just... It's crazy to me to see comics that don't have a caveat, yeah. that don't have a podcast or a YouTube channel, or they're doing this on Instagram or, you know, like uh, Joe Bagley, great comic out of the Bay. He's only he's only like four years in, I think. Mm -hmm. He's got a, over a million uh, people following him on TikTok. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Joe Bagley, the four-year comic who probably isn't as good as the 10-year comic who has no no caveat. Right. Joe Bagley's going to get shows. He's going to get bookings. Right. And I know this because he's already featuring for the improv. I'm not even featuring at the improv. Right. You know, like, or I'm just starting to. Right. Because, sure, I deserved it five years ago, but I wasn't doing anything for myself to prove to them that I, 
that I deserved it because the clubs don't go and most clubs don't because like I said you're odd and weird because you book talent yeah but most clubs are like I don't give a fuck what you're funny or not <laughs> right you know like Gus Johnson who's a famous YouTuber now mm-hmm. is doing comedy like he's trying to do comedy yeah. now I don't know how well he does he's a super nice guy Mm-hmm. Um, but he does like his whole, he does the whole hour and a half. He doesn't bring anybody with him. So I'm almost pretty sure since he hasn't done comedy for 15 years, like I have, he's not going to be as good as me. Right. That's just an assumption. Right. Sorry, Gus, if you're listening, which I don't think you are, but, <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. I'm not yeah. mad about it yeah. because you know why? Because the club doesn't give a fuck if Gus is better than me or not. Gus is bringing, he's packing the whole house. Right. He sold out Cobbs. Right. right? Did he sell out Cobbs? Yeah, he sold out Cobbs. And so I can't be mad at the club for booking someone that's not as talented as I am when he's working 10 times harder than I am. Right. Or 100 times harder than I am. All I could do is be mad at myself for not working as hard as he is. And that's what I think a lot of these guys are doing is they're getting mad at somebody else because they know that it's their own fault for not being where they should be. But it's easier to get on social media and And so that's the other thing too though. (laughs) Like you just said the first half of that is the key to it. It's so easy to get on social media. Right. How hard is it? Dude, I made a TikTok video last night that got two, three hundred, like, all together got about 500 people liking it and loving it yeah. on all the platforms that I shared it on. Uh, me and Ian made it in about 20 seconds. Right, right. I posted a video that was my worst video that I've ever made on YouTube, and it got over 100,000 on TikTok. Yeah. How hard is this? Right. It's not hard. It's not. Like, if you watch Gus Johnson, the guy who I'm talking about, or if you even watch Ian Kung, Yeah. Um, you'll see that they do these 30 second videos and, and especially knowing because I've been the, behind the scenes with Ian, it don't take more than an hour. I used to go sit on a set for a, for a TV commercial for nine, 10 hours. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's work. And then they'd give you a hundred bucks and they'd be like, well, maybe someone will see you on, you know, you put it on your thing. <laughs> and it's like, uh, this guy calls me and says, "Hey, I need you to do this video with me." And uh, and I remember the first few times I'd be like, "Fuck, bro, I don't, I don't, I don't have, have time hours. for this, bro. I'm a big deal. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a very big deal. And you're asking me to be in your dumb little videos, dude." And so one, I show up, and it took us like an hour to film it. Yeah. And then two, the next day, it got like fucking. It got more than any commercial I've ever done. Right. It got more views and more, you know. So it's like than a national. That's when I started commercial. to pay attention real close and was like, oh, there's something to this. Yeah. To the point where I'm not even on the acting board anymore. I don't like. I don't. I don't. Put, I don't. I'm not doing auditions anymore. I'm not yeah. trying to get in movies. I'm not trying to get on TV. Fuck all that. Yeah. Like uh, the there's there's more money and there's more. Um, um, people watching you on social media, right? You know, and these guys are like, "Well, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I know what you're doing wrong. You're not working for yourself. You're expecting everybody else to work for you. Right. You're this is you're a business owner. Mm-hmm. The thing, the only thing the clubs do is they facet. They're a facet. They put you in contact with the audience, right? But you have to show the clubs that it's worth it for them to do that, right? So, you know, I, I, in a way I, uh, there, in a way I'm like, fuck, you guys are blowing it for yourselves. But also in a way I'm like, keep doing that. 
Because, you know, like, as you guys are sitting there arguing about who's who's getting to the top, I'm climbing to the top. Right. You know, I'm... Right. I'm, I'm, I'm standing doing, on your shoulders. Yeah, like, Get I'm doing everything I can, so keep arguing with amongst each other. Yeah. It's like watching a bunch of people fight over food, and I'm sitting in the corner eating steak. Right. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I, I just think um, it's... I think comics don't realize that the world changes that we oh, live yeah. in. Yeah. And that you need to adjust constantly, especially comedy, because it changes. It's changing it's, right now. Well, I think it's really, really hard as humans, as people. Change is hard in general. But change for comics is essential. Like you constantly have to be essential. growing your set. Essential. You constantly need to be writing new bits. You right. have to, so that they're relevant. If you're. You know, I've seen comics, um, you know, either through showcases or at, at festivals or whatever, and I call them 1980s comics because we're still talking about, you know, it's the the old, old-timey, old-school, you know. The answering machine. Basically, right, right, right. It's their dad jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it, sure, you wrote it back in the 80s. Right. But now it's been shared on the internet, and it's a meme, right. and it's gone around in circles a thousand times, and... It just looks like you're reading internet jokes. You yep. might have come up with it 40 yeah, years ago. Yeah, and that's ago. the thing is like I'll see dudes like to me like one of the biggest ones is racial humor. Yeah. Like racial humor is dead. I don't know if people realize that. Right. There are, let's see if you ever um talk about Asians and bad driving right. or or the difference between <laughs> black people and white people or like white people do this and you Or know, if you are going to talk about it that's fine, but you better have a new angle. You there have to have a completely be, new angle. Right. And that requires really creative writing, right. which is right. still work. Well, I hate You have to do the work. I hate racial comedy altogether. Like I think it is like pretty much almost dead um and then i worked with jerry rocha uh it's a comic out of la and he does mexican jokes okay. but he doesn't look mexican he looks like a jewish guy yeah and i was like oh here we go and right. i think me and rebecca both were like because we watched a clip of his the night before i performed with him yeah it was so refreshing because he didn't necessarily talk about hey mexicans are crazy right yeah. it was more like being hispanic in this day and age Right. And which is more like that's if you want which to do is racial a new humor, angle, it's which a is new a angle. Yeah. Because because if you're talking let's just I'm not saying the Hispanics are the only ones who do racial humor, but let's just take the Hispanic a- aspect because it's the only one that I know. Being Mexican in 2020 is different than being Mexican in 2015 and in 2001 and in 1995. Right. All those are all different times in my life as a as a Hispanic individual. Right. My jokes, if I were to write jokes right now about being Hispanic, they're completely different than they would have been about even five years ago. Right. So, and and again, I, it's not, I'm not saying, I do feel like racial comedy is for the most part dead because we're all trying to get past that shit. Right. Like, I think we're all done with it. I think we're all like now as a society pushing for equality, or at least the better ones of us are. Yeah. And I feel like, so in doing that, like, let's not, and it's not me saying, hey, guys, let's stop doing this. I think this is society saying, can we stop shitting on ourselves? Right. Can we stop trying to make ourselves look bad so people will laugh at us? Mm-hmm. And because when I see people do the old school, like, black people are like this, or, hey, crazy Mexicans, I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck, bro. Yeah. George Lopez already did that shit. Yeah. You know, like, let's move on from that. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing is that comedy changes daily mm-hmm. because it's topical mm-hmm. and because topics change every day. We, right. You know, the news changes. Donald Trump's here today. He's gone tomorrow. Right. You know, um, all that stuff, man. 
And so I feel like as, as like music evolves too, and so does acting. Acting evolves the slowest. Right. Music evolves the second slowest. But comedy evolves fast every right. single day. Right. So if you're doing the same jokes next year that you were doing last year, they're probably not going to be relevant. Right. I'm well, not saying and, don't. I have jokes from like five years ago that I still do. And if you're having people that are fans and that they are coming out to see you. Yes. If they've seen you last year and then they come out and you... Okay, so they come out the second time and it's the same set. Well, they had fun the first time. They're going to have fun the second time. Right. When they come out that third time, it's going to be like... What? <laughs> yeah. No we, no, we saw it twice now. Like, right. Like the, the second time it was like, ah, oh, a little flashback. That was fun. I brought my friend out. They liked it. Yeah, right, right. Now but the then all three of like, you go or all your friends go the, the third time. They're like, fucking same jokes, bro. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you, so you lose, you lose fans that way. You lose people that way. But yeah, I think that's, that's, that's true. And I think that's why, like, you got to stay relevant and you mm-hmm. got to, like, like I said, there's nothing wrong. I have jokes that I have from like three, four years ago, but, yeah. but they still work and they're still kind of like, they're still relevant. Yeah. But the minute, um, that changes, that joke goes away. Right. You know, I used to do this joke about Door of the Explorer and all yeah. that. It's because, like, everywhere you'd walk, there was Door of the Explorer shit everywhere. Right. I don't see her as much anymore. No. And I did that joke for three years. It was great. I loved doing that joke. But uh, I remember one time doing it and people were like, who? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, all right. You know, and, and that's the thing is I, I evolved. I changed the slowest, mm-hmm. I feel like, out of some of my comedy friends. Mm-hmm. No. But um, <laughs> I know some that change slower. But I know how to like adapt. Yeah. I know how to move through it. I know how to like, you know, it's like. Um, I'm not a joke writer. I yeah. can't sit there and like, and there's brilliant joke writers out there, especially some of the guys that are doing the same thing over and over again. I'm like, just do that, but newer. Right. And, and, but at least you have, at least you know how to write a joke. I don't know how to write a joke. Yeah. I know how to rant and be stupid and make people laugh at me. Yeah. And in a way, maybe that's, I'm lucky for that because I don't have to worry about writing new material. But still, again, it all comes down to how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. Like, People think, oh, if I do hard work for the first five years, then it's going to carry me. And it's like, no. <laughs> Bill Burr. It's going to be a lifetime Bill of Bill Burr is working just as hard as the day he started, if right. not harder. Right. Every single guy that's out there that is where you want to be is working harder than they've ever worked before. Right. And that's why they're there where they're at. It's not the same work. And your focus changes because you're not, no. you're not working yeah. so hard on mechanics and and stage presence and all that once you get that down now all of that focus doesn't just go away right. now it should go into material and and developing new well and that's the thing is like for me content. now i actually do know i know how to write on stage yeah so i know how to write jokes like mm-hmm. i do know how to write jokes i don't know how to like write like some of the other guys do but i know how to write jokes well you, that's and that's how it works so for you. i don't do open mics as much as i used to yeah. so i don't have to work that hard in that department anymore before i would go to open mic every night night after night after night and then one day someone pointed out they're like you know how to write jokes why are you still putting all your energy into open mics <laughs> but that's the key word why are you putting your energy into this yeah not why are you still doing open mics you can go home and play video games until you get your next booking right it's like oh so i took my energy out of open micing and i put it into other things like right. making videos like right. putting something up on tiktok or putting something up on youtube or or um or sitting all day emailing or whatever it is. Right. But I don't have to, 
because I've learned that doesn't mean I have less work to do. It just no, means now just that changed. I have to focus Your somewhere focus else. changes, yeah. Yeah, I don't sure. think these people understand that. I think they're like, well, I'm headlining a whole weekend at Laughs Unlimited now. I can go ahead and take a break. And it's like, nah, dog. You, well, you can. You can. Well, you can. And you can get that booking for the next couple of years until Jenny right. realizes that you're doing the same shit over and over again. Right. And so, you know, I mean, it's up to you, man. And But for me, I go, that's the thing is, I and, and it's funny because I know how much you love me. I do. <laughs> and I know that I could carry it, you know, but my mind doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like my mind will go back to like, you did three of the same jokes that you did the year before. You son of a bitch. <laughs> She's never going to hire you again. She's never going to ask you out here. See, this is full circle. So, so this, <laughs> this came full circle right back to where we started. Um, that you act like I'm so scary, but it's not my intimidation. It's the comics insecurity. It is. It's not. It's, it's not, not me. It's you. Dude, no, Jenny, it's not you because tell me any other like I'm way nicer to comics that I don't know that are scared of me than I am. Club owner that <laughs> that comes over, cooks dinner, hangs out, is as personable as you are. Like the only other person is is like Heather from Roosters. Yeah. And even though then Heather's more like a, a matriarch figure where she's like, here's I'm going to tell you how you fucked up, you know, <laughs> and like which even makes me because comics get mad at that. And I go, tell me where there's another booker that's going to tell you where you fucked up. I'll tell you where you fucked up. Right. If you ask. Right. I don't just offer the information. But yeah, if no, you, Heather if doesn't you offer ask, it. Heather, I will, Heather doesn't, I will tell doesn't you. just offer it either, but. That's because usually it doesn't it doesn't want to be received. I can't talk to you if you're not listening. Right. Well, so these guys go, I'm hey, Heather, can, I, can you watch my set? Yeah. And then I'll hear, I'll go, how was it? They'll go, dude, she totally shit on me. She told me this. <laughs> she told me that. I fucking hate that lady. And I'm I like, counted. Okay. I had this one comic. <laughs> <laughs> Already when you started with, I counted. I'm oh like, oh, where are we going with this? I had this one comic who, you know, came in, did a set, whatever, didn't do his full time. So... Okay, so you don't have the time. And he's only doing 15 minutes. I'm like, so you don't have 15 minutes. I can't book you for anything. Won't even get it. I, I, we haven't even got to the fact that it wasn't funny. And he's like, no, no, no. I did my time. I did my time. I was like, no, you didn't, bro. You didn't. So the next time he comes in, he's I like. I counted. All right. I have the clock. It's yeah, right here. I'm the clock runner. I, know. I didn't light you. Therefore, your time was not up. Right. So the next time he was like, no, I'm going to do the time. Da, da, da. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he did, like, the first time he did 10 out of 15. The second time he only did 12. And then he was like, well, that's because, you know, so we started late. So I figured you want me to do less. I go, I didn't tell you to do less. So you called an audible. I said, you called an audible. He's like, no, 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 no. I go, yeah, it's exactly what you did. You called an audible. And he was like, well, yeah. I go, you don't run the light. I run the light. Yeah. So when you're supposed to do 15 minutes, you do 15 minutes. The show is timed in a certain manner for drinks to be done and tickets to drop. There's a timing behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a business that has nothing to do with your 15 minutes. Just do your time. Right. So then the next time he comes, he's like, I'm going to do my time. I was like, okay, so now I'm prepared because I know if he does his time, now we're going to have to talk about the fact that he does not, it's not good time. Right. So, <laughs> we haven't even gotten there yet. We haven't even gotten there. So I did a laugh count. During his 15 oh, minutes. Wow. And so then he came back and he's like, I did my time. I was like, you did 15 minutes. Good for and he, you. he was like, well, I, he's like, so, you know, can I get a date? I was like, but you weren't funny. And he's like, what, what do you mean? And now the next comic is up because we're in the showroom. We're in the, in the sound booth. Uh, I go, you hear that? That's a laugh. That's a laugh. 
That's a laugh. Right. Did you hear that when you were right. on stage? Because there's a difference. Right. You got groans. You got uncomfortableness. I go, but you see this? See these uh these check marks right here? That's your laugh count. So in 15 minutes, you got three laughs. Wow. In the last two minutes, you've heard at least six. Right. That's what you need to do. Yes. <laughs> I wish people did that. And I wish more. Only if they're going to argue with me about it. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, be self-aware. No, because if you're if you don't realize that you need to get better, you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over Whoa. and think that it's fine because because of good set. Right. Stop telling comics they have good sets. Yes. Jesus, please. That's the thing is I don't say it unless I mean it. I, I'll say, if they don't ask me, I'll just say, just keep getting up. Keep getting up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm not a jerk. I'm not an asshole. I'm not going to kill you. But your, you're also in a I'm weird position. I'm very careful not to kill someone's dreams. Like, I get this not is what you want to do. That's a, see, that's what makes, <laughs> this is what makes me mad. This is what makes me mad. Because I say this no, all the time. Comedy is Pirate Island. This no, isn't for the fucking week. Because if it's an open micer who's just starting out and needs to learn things, like... There's comics that I've seen that... Right. Knuckle down. I mean, fucking, let's talk about Carlos Rodriguez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only because he knows I love him and he'll take it. Right. Um, but, you know, when he first started out, he talked like the Micro Machine Man. And he talked so fast. He was running like over his own... Like he does in normal life now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> he slowed yeah. me down. But it was so fast that he's running over whatever laughter he is getting. Nobody can understand. And they're looking at him cross-eyed because they're still trying to figure out what he said. In the first two seconds of his set, they were like, what the, What did he say his name was? Right. You know, and he's five minutes in now. And they're like, "The, what's happening? Right. But if, if somebody would have told him, you know, you really suck. And he would have quit. He's progressed into such an amazing comic now and a headliner right. that can roll in so many right. different ways. And, and we Phil, need less guys like that so I can get more work. <laughs> so that's why you want me to kill their dreams. <laughs> so, but no, so I'm very careful. Like, I don't ever want to tell somebody, don't ever do this again. Right. Because yeah. they just need to learn some things. But there gets a point where if you're not willing to learn yeah and if they're asking me and they're not listening or taking the advice right well that's See, on you and now, that's kid. very nice of you and very nurturing and honestly like i tip my hat to that because i run such a different direction that i it, to me it's like this there there's the wall yeah behind us is a huge fiery storm <laughs> And you have to run for that wall. If you're not running fast enough or you trip or you just, you know, you make a mistake, that fire is going to eat you. Bye, my friend. I'm still running for that wall. I don't, I, I, it's such a cold hearted business. It's a very funny analogy, bitch, because I'm a slow runner. Right. Okay? I would die <laughs> in the fire. But let me tell you, in the world of, <laughs> the, in the world of, of comedy club owners, you made it to the wall. Okay. You know what I mean? And and, and like, because like, trust me, in the real world, I would be next to you, huffing and puffing. I'd be like, "Well, my friend, this is our demise." Right. But in the world of comedy, I've made it to that wall. Right. And and that's the thing is, I try to tell people like, um, I've worked in a lot of businesses. Um, without giving out too much information, like I was, I hustled. I hustled drugs. I hustled other things that were illegal. Mm -hmm. um, I worked amongst men that were hard, that would kill you if you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. That would like literally, like you could end up dead. Mm -hmm. and, and, 
and and that is scary. But it's nowhere near as scary as comedy. It's nowhere near as like this is the I've I've talked to, and and excuse me if I'm out of pocket here, but I've talked to soldiers. Yeah. Who are who now do comedy and they're like this is the toughest thing I've ever done. Right now I don't know if they've been in combat or not, so I'm not comparing that and I would never do that. But I am saying that uh, like if you talk to Blake Jones, who's a comic, but he wasn't at war, but he's like this is harder than Marine combat, like right. the uh, Marine boot camp right. that I went through. So to me, it's like well, I mean, again, in most things that are hard, there's an end goal. There's a, sure. I can do this for X amount of time. Right. Because I'm only doing it for X amount of time. Right. Yeah. Comedy's endless. That's true. But I do look at, again, it's like, to me, I call it Pirate Island. Yeah, when comics like start pl- laying out rules and they're like, there's not enough, uh, this people, this type of people getting booked and there's not this many and there's no women on the thing and there's no, oh, there's, there's no black people on that show or like there's no Mexicans. It's like. I, I never and and trust me, I'm not one of those. I'm not a whitewashed Mexican where I'm like fuck my people. But I am like, hey, this isn't that place. Right. This is if you don't think Hollywood's racist, you're fucking crazy. If you don't think show business is one of the most racist places to be, you're crazy. They right. literally send out sheets in in call in casting calls saying only fat Mexicans can right. apply for this role. Right. So inherently, it's race. There's nothing you can do, and and whether so, it's racist for you or against you, it's still exactly yeah. And so to me, show business is already rough. Comedy is the trenches, right? And so if you could survive here, you could survive anywhere. But if you can't survive here, then I'm sorry, my friend. Go the fuck home and fucking raise a family and work as a fucking engineer somewhere. But this isn't for you. This is for people who are willing to stomach this. Mm -hmm. I will end up in hospice one day in the county because I don't have, um, I don't even have um, a retirement fund. Mm -hmm. Most comics don't. I'm throwing this down. As a, and so when I hear like, well, this isn't fair, I'm like, fuck you and fair. <laughs> you know what's not fair is that my son won't have enough money to bury me right. because I didn't make shit for a living. You know what's unfair is that if I get sick, even right now, catastrophically sick, I'm fucked. I will die because I have no insurance. I have nothing. Right. So if you're going to complain, go fucking complain somewhere else because I'm not, I don't have time to hear it. it it's crazy to me how people in this business want to be catered to. <laughs> it, I like the old way. I know that, oh, we're changing and things are different and, you know, and it's like we need to be more equal. It's like that's great and good and all. But I'm going to stay back here where I think everything's against me right. because that's the best way to survive. All right. So you'll never hear me wince or cry out in pain. You'll just see me muscle through it and be like, fuck it. We got to get to the next post so we could fucking regenerate and go back out and fight. Right. That to me is what comedy is all about. The end. The end. (laughs) I look at Ian. Ian's sitting over there in the corner. Terrifying. And I just want him to know. Got, that got real serious real quick. I know. Which I is get, which I, is fine for his life over here, people. I get, I get passionate. I, I like love it. that's the thing. I love comedy. So that's how much I love what I do. Yeah. The, and it's not that this isn't for you or this is only a certain type of people that could be here. I'm not saying that. If you're not a good comic, I don't care. Yeah. But if you start to whine, then that's when I get pissed off. <laughs> because this is not a place for pussies. Right. This is a place for people 
who know that they're going to be put through the fucking worst thing that they could ever be put through. It's true. You know? It's true. It's like, this is not for the faint of heart. God, man, it's not. Like, I've lost, I've found my mom dead on my birthday, okay? Still not as heartbreaking as comedy. <laughs> Comics are so dark, too. Yeah. Oh, they're so dark and twisty. Yeah. I think that's why I get along with you guys so well, because I understand we love you. it. I don't wade through the darkness, but I, I enjoy watching it sometimes. <laughs> you enjoy watching us wade through it. I'm like, I'm like oh, that's crazy. And right. I just laugh at it. And yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for sitting down with me today. Well, and thank you for having me. Podcasting this is, I, I love these weekends. They're my favorite. <laughs> I look forward to them. They're the biggest weekends of my year. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never, ever stop coming unless you ask me to. <laughs> but uh, this is always like, I love it. And unless I love, you stop doing new material. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got to go back and listen to this <laughs> for my own advice. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Ew. Yeah.